0: Dudes. welcome back to the Outkick Bets podcast with me, the host Jeff Clark. I got an old friend back, uh, Outkick handicapper beating the bookie handicapper, the great David Troy. David, thanks for stopping by. What's up?
1: Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me back. Always happy to jump on with you.
0: Um, yeah, we've done mostly basketball stuff, um, but we have done a few football things. How did your Wild Card weekend go, though?
1: actually went fairly well um i had the over in the um the bucks first dallas game that did not hit thanks to a bunch of uh missed extra points from brett maher all four of them
0: thanks to brett maher point shaving
1: (laughs) i literally needed one of them and uh he didn't didn't He, he went one for five um But, like, you know, there there were some other ones that I had that were pretty good. The the worst one to me that was actually a loss, though, was um, in the San Francisco-Seattle game. I had San Francisco in the first half because I was like, oh, they'll probably come out and try and really just destroy them in the first half and then not um, think about it much in the second half and just kind of coast into next week. And then they gave up 17 to Seattle in the second quarter, and they were down at halftime.
0: Yeah, DK got behind the defense a couple yeah. times, but that one like eighty yarder. Yeah, I love so. Pete Carroll. Um, but yeah, they ended up petering out. Just the 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 matchup of those units and those rosters are just it's so lopsided in favor of San Francisco. Did you uh, Did you take the second game Saturday, the Chargers Jaguars game?
1: Yeah, I actually wrote something up for outkick for every single one of them, and uh... yeah, I saw that. Uh, I did take Jacksonville to with the points in that one, and um, I, I mentioned this in the article. But I had a smaller play on Los Angeles to just make, I think it was make the AFC championship, um, only because you know I was looking at it kind of comparison to last year with what happened with Cincinnati, and obviously the Bengals are a better team than what the Chargers are, but. I thought it was reasonable to think that they could beat Jacksonville and it was until they just completely melt down and uh, then they would only have to beat Kansas city. Right. And then you're also going to face either Buffalo or Cincinnati at that point who have already beaten each other up. So it was just more of a matter of taking a small shot on something for them to win the the AFC. Um,
0: What, what, What number did you get?
1: I'd have to look it up. I, I think it was like plus 1,200, I think is what it was.
0: Got to look through your trash, see where the bets slip <laughs> yeah. is.
1: Yeah, I mean, at this point, it, as soon as that one lost, I, I I mentioned this in the article I was talking about uh, about Jacksonville that I wrote for, for this week. Um, I bet my, my kid 30 bucks before the game. He was like, well, Trevor Lawrence has never lost a game on a Saturday, so I'll bet you 30 bucks that they win. <laughs> okay that's a stupid reason to do a bet so yeah we'll do it i was talking all this crap to him when the chargers were up at halftime 27 to nothing i was like you're down almost a dollar per per point here and then i come back and i'm watching it and i was like what the hell just happened?"
0: was your kid stoic and unflinch or was he he, he, he was if you offered him a five dollar buyout would he have taken it
1: oh probably (laughs) yeah yeah easily i mean I don't know. He, uh, he won though. I sent him the 30 bucks and I was just pretty, pretty annoyed about it. But, uh, what are you gonna do? You
0: know? So, yeah not, I was a on big the, deal. I was on the wrong side of the Seahawks Niners game. I thought Brock Purdy would turn into a pumpkin and Pete Carroll would have some, <laughs> some tricks up his sleeve and they would cover nine and a half. And the the third time they met that team, um, yeah. looking good through 30 minutes, but yeah, obviously the, uh, the second half, San Francisco smoked them. Yeah, I took the Jaguars plus the points in the money line, and I, dude, I usually do really well in the NFL Wild Card Weekend. It's like my best weekend of the year, and I uh-huh. usually give it all back in the division weekend. <laughs> so, oh, I was staring down the barrel of an zero and two start to the Wild Card Weekend. I was like, oh no, Jaguars pulled it out of their ass. It was a, it was an awesome performance. Um and and the coaching difference really ma- mattered in that spot. Miami uh, Bills did not see that game playing out that way. I was nervous a little bit about the Bills scoring the over, uh, pushing the game over the total. So I had Dolphins under fourteen and a half, which really I I want to say had no chance. They didn't do much on offense. We'll talk about that later, but. They scored 31, so that was a loser. My big play was the Giants. I am a Giants fan, hand up. Um, I am. I can be objective, but uh, if you want to say that I'm a Giants fan and I'm inherently biased, I can't argue with that stance either. They won 31-24. What, what side were you on on either one of those games?
1: I actually had the under for the Giants versus Vikings, um, and that obviously lost. But uh, for the Bills, I took the first quarter. My my thought was they are just going to come out and rock them. Uh, cause you know, they're at home, they, they have kind of had a history this season of being the first touchdown scorers in their games. So I took them at, uh, I think it was, I think the line was originally minus three and a half and I took them and they won seven to nothing. So I won that game, but they were overall
0: 14, nothing after the first quarter.
1: Was it 14? Okay. Whatever it was. Yeah. I knew it was something.
0: Yeah. You were on the winning side. That's for sure. um Ravens bangles I got every bit of that one uh I had I had the Ravens actually I did sprinkle on the over or and the under so I whiffed on that one I had the Ravens I had over um J.K. Dobbins 58 and a half rushing yards he got to 62 so that was a good result for me the guy that I had on last week Dan Z who's an outkick writer and fellow fellow handicapper gambler we went head to head on three different bets and i won all three hey there you go oh yeah feeling real good about that i was hoping um well i mean i love having you here but i was hoping that i was could talk some shit to him but his schedule has got him bogged down um which is pretty convenient, isn't it? Isn't <laughs> <Yeah>. it? <laughs> he's,
1: he's ducking your podcast,
0: <laughs> Yeah, he faded. He faded uh, my Giants pick because you know he said I'm a homer and he's a Kirk Cousins fan. Um,
1: oh, he's the one guy, huh?
0: Yeah, yeah, he's the one guy that bought the Kirk, Cousin, Kirk Cousins jersey. And I I liked Austin Eckler to go under his rushing total in the the game, jaguars game, and I took the points of the Jaguars, both of which he faded, both of which lost. Um, Honestly, like, my Jaguars-Chargers analysis was just spot on. It was just, you know, Jaguars through four first half interceptions. Trevor Lawrence, I think, through four first half interceptions. But my whole thing is, like, Aside from the coaching mismatch, which was pretty obvious, like chargers can't run the ball, and they can't stop the run. It's like that's that's those are big things in playoff football, <laughs> and yeah. they try like they didn't even try wholeheartedly to pad the game away or salt the game away at the run because they knew they couldn't do it, and then every time they tried they they got stopped like I think Austin Eckler in, like the third quarter had like negative five rushing yards, like they couldn't huh. do shit. Um, so that was good, but he had their first two touchdowns, didn't he? He had something for him. Ooh, he, uh, I think he had two, two scores. Yeah. Let me, let me look at it right now. Um, he,
1: yeah, he had the first yeah he had the first two touchdowns, both in the first quarter. They both were runs.
0: Yeah. Um, but it was short field yeah. turnover stuff. So like, I was a little nervous cause it's like the, the, the chargers got up what 27, nothing, I have the under and a rushing total. Obviously, not obviously. Usually, teams try to run to put the ball the game away, and like Eckler. Granted, it was short situations or um, a sh- a short field situations, but he looked good in the first quarter. So, either way, I, I went three and three on sides. I don't really remember the, all the props that I took. To be honest, I took a bunch. I hit Dawson Knox to score a touchdown, but I went, I whiffed on his over receptions over um over receiving yards, but the way I bet it I pr- I broke even. Um Giants, I did well, went over uh Daniel Jones rushing yards, but miss under Thielen uh passing uh receiving yards. So I was just say I went three and three insides. Um so let's move along to the oh I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: I was just gonna ask you if you happen to see the guy who had the uh he bet like forty dollars on a first touchdown parlay for all the games. And he missed it by one player. He missed it by Justin Jefferson. And it would have it would have cashed a million.
0: Forty dollars on first time first touchdown. first touchdown. He he had five of six.
1: Yeah, yeah, but it was either four of five or five of six. And the well, Justin it, it, Jefferson one was originally called a touchdown and then brought back. <sighs>
0: that is brutal. Yeah. That's brutal. I don't know. I, I try not to play parlays. Um because it just, I feel dumb when they miss, but it sucks for that guy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, those ones, I do those like once a week too, actually. I just throw, you know, 10 bucks or something on them. And I'm yeah. trying to win, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars because it's not even anything other than that. But I, I do a little bit of research on them and then I try and do those myself. I've never come that close. I've only gotten like three out of seven or something like that it was my best, I think.
0: And you call it. If I remember correctly, fuck around Friday. So go to Twitter, yep. look up Future Press 2024 tomorrow. We're recording Thursday, January 19th, and I'm assuming you're going to have a fuck it Friday parlay.
1: Yeah, why not? I mean, it's most Friday. of the time I do those in the NBA. Sometimes I'll do them for NFL. I mean, first the first shot I've started looking at more and more in that, and I've seen a lot of people actually cash some of those. So it's, it's been interesting.
0: When I'm down in the dumps, I'll do a what I call a cut your dick off parlay where it's just like <laughs> like I'm getting crushed. I'm just gonna throw a Hail Mary. Yeah. And those actually cash at a much higher rate for me than they should. <laughs> Especially in baseball. Like I will I will have sharp analysis for baseball and take like three or four losers in a row and then I'll just like just look at the odds, and she's like, "All right, f it. I'll take this picture. I'll take this picture. I'll take this picture. I'll parlay, and, and I'll and i cash. I can't even produce content on it because it's just like I'm just like I don't need. I don't. I don't know. I'm just firing. I, I these. I pay attention enough to baseball to know what, what these numbers are off. These numbers are off, and I'm betting all three games simultaneously. Um. All right, but let's talk about the. Two Saturday games. There's obviously uh it's final eight teams, elite eight in the NFL. So two games Saturday and the uh, and then two games sa- Sunday. The first one's Jacksonville Jaguars at the Kansas City Chiefs. Whew. I love Trevor Lawrence. I'm a Trevor Lawrence truther. I I I, I never sold my stock on him. I actually never sold my Urban Meyer stock. I think you would have gotten it right, <laughs> but I've I, I've always really liked Doug Peterson as well. That that fourth and inches call where he was like, "We're not going for the first down. We're gonna we're gonna fucking I'm gonna run this trick play. We're gonna win the game on this down." That was so sick, and I don't like fading um, Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence in the spot. I like their momentum and they've proven that they can come from behind. I think like several of their last like seven wins or come from behind performances, obviously including the NFC wild card round. But I just I think I think KC hammers them. I do if you look at the first matchup, dude, Kansas City beat the shit out of them. Like the, the final score is 27-10. They had nine more first downs. They out-gained him in yards per play, 7.8 to 5.2. Ugh. They had zero penalties. They beat him in sacks 5-0. Chris Chris Jones spent all day in the backfield. He's going to spend all day in the backfield in this game. And, you know, you got the Andy Reid off of bye stuff. You got all that. Um, and then you have the quirky line, uh, you know, which is obviously baked into the number. And you have the quirky line movement. You know, Casey went from minus 10 to minus eight and a half. So I guess the first question I have for you, obviously, well, I guess two, one is where do you lean or who do you like? And the first one though, that I want you to address is what do you make of the line movement? Cause I have a, I have like a, a theory.
1: So I haven't really followed the line movement all that much, to be honest with you on this one. Um, but uh, in terms of who I like, I like the chiefs. I mean, I, I thought the Jaguars weren't even going to be here necessarily. Um, eight and a half is, is a little rich for me. So I thought the best route here was to do a teaser and put the, um, the chiefs in it. And then the Eagles, and we can obviously talk a little bit about that, but that puts the chiefs down to minus two and a half, which is just the field goal to win. Um, and I think they're going to, I think they'll win probably by like, I don't know, six, seven. Um, so I, I would probably lean to the Jaguars with the points. They won by ten the first matchup, I think, if if I recall correctly. Um, earlier in the season, when the Jaguars played the Chiefs, um,
0: yeah, 27-17, week ten.
1: Yeah, yeah, and right now that would put unless the lines move since I I wrote it. Yeah, it puts it. It actually puts the Eagles and uh, at minus one and a half as well. And yesterday, actually, I think the Eagles were six and a half when I got it. So, awesome. um, yeah. So they were just a half point to win. In any case, um, you know, if I had to back one, I'd probably say Jacksonville, only only because um, I expect them to probably come out with a little bit of momentum, try and ride it as much as they can. Um, Arrowhead's not an easy place to play, but I think that they should be able to at least come out, maybe try and establish their defense as much as possible, and then once Mahomes the figures them out, it's going to be pretty much over from there. Um, I've said this a bunch about the chiefs a lot, like you can hold them down to start for a while, but once, once they start getting rolling, it's like a big boulder that you're trying to stop and you know, you're, they're just attacking you constantly and throwing different looks at you and doing these kind of like trick plays, which can be really frustrating at times if you're backing the chiefs, but, um, they, they have a way of just kind of cutting your throat and stepping on you as soon as they, they get that opportunity, which you don't find in a lot of teams. Like obviously the chargers didn't have it last week. They were absolutely destroying Jacksonville and then didn't do anything afterwards. They just kind of let them get back into it. And I don't see the chiefs having that happen. Um, One of my favorite follows on Twitter is Warren sharp. If you're familiar with him, sharp football, Mm -hmm. he actually just put something out this week that I, I, or uh, this morning that I, found pretty interesting. And he was talking about, um, Trevor Lawrence being pressured and how, how bad it is when he's pressured, he has a 22% completion percentage. Okay. So at least in the game against Kansas city. So before the pressure, when, when Kansas city wasn't putting pressure on him, he almost had 70% completion. But since that game, Kansas city is number four pressure. So again, all credit goes out to Warren Sharp for those little tidbits. But um, I think that Kansas City is going to just try and force their way in the backfield, just like you were talking about. Get back there, make Lawrence uncomfortable, and maybe he throws another interception. I'm not counting on the guy to throw four interceptions or something this week, but um, I think they're going to. The, Jacksonville is probably going to be prepared for that kind of pressure and, and everything. Um, doesn't mean that Lawrence will respond to it, but I think he'll he'll be a little bit better. Um, but eight and a half is a lot of points in a playoff game. I mean, the, Jacksonville can try and slow it down a little bit. They know how to run. Their defense is good, but not great. Um, they're young, so it could be could be too much pressure. It could be just like, um, you remember the Minnesota Miracle game? Yeah. When uh, they caught it, and then the very next week they lost to the Eagles. That's kind of what I feel like this is gonna be they end up you know winning this big emotional game you come back from that huge deficit you come in here and and i think you'll probably put up a little bit of a fight but ultimately i don't have a great look on the side i would just go with the points because i I do think it they can keep it close enough i just i'm staying off the side altogether
0: no i i hear you um my so my theory on the line movement went from minus 10 to minus eight and a half. I think the sharps and syndicates want to make this an advantage teaser leg. Right. Yeah, that's possible. Yeah. You know, and I think this gets back up to nine and a half, ten. 10 come, <clears throat> come kickoff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've heard it called America's teaser, the chiefs and the Eagles. Um, <laughs> so I would be very nervous about that. I guess you already got it in your account. I, I think th- we'll talk about it in a minute. I think the giants went out right again. I am biased though. But I, sure. I objectively I do. I'll, I we'll talk about that, but I do think <clears throat> there's a little bit of like syndicate and sharp 4D chess going on here. Um I I guess my 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 takeaway or not my takeaway, but like just my overarching opinion on Kansas City is based on just their performance this year, <clears throat> their team, their experience, their continuity. I had Buffalo preseason. I, I think it's Pat Mahomes and Kansas City's world, and the NFL is living in it effectively, right? It's kind of crazy how nasty he is. And I don't want to say he's not talked about enough. Actually, I do want to say that. I, I don't think he's discussed enough. I really don't. Like, it's... Mahomes? Yeah. Like, I, I, maybe maybe it's... a. Maybe it's a coastal thing. Maybe more in the Midwest he is. Or maybe I'm talking out of my ass completely, David. I just feels like there's like a top tier of quarterbacks that Pat Mahomes is probably leading when is when I look at it as he is in a tier and then there's other guys in another tier. Like he's just so elite. I also think Kansas City's defense is low key underrated. Like Steve Spagnola is a awesome defensive coordinator. Their secondary is really well graded on PFF. Chris Jones is just a fucking tank. Um and if you look at their performance, they three of the season. The Chiefs lost 3 games by a uh, a combined 10 points. Like they don't they haven't gotten uh, humiliated by anyone. You know, so I, I it is a big number, but I'm going to lay it with the Chiefs here. They are six and three against the spread in the playoffs um, since since Pat Mahomes became the quarterback. Um, one of the game props I have I have I'm going to take the 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 Chiefs minus eight and a half, and I have a game prop. I'm also going to take the over. Um, so here's I'm going to play it: Chiefs one unit minus eight and a half. Over 53 a quarter unit because the Chiefs are 6 and 3 to the over in playoff games, plus 7.3 over under differential. Kansas City are combining to score with their opponent like 60 points per game in the playoffs since Mahomes became the starter. The first Kansas City Jacksonville game went under the total of 51 and a half. So I think, you know, fading that result. Um, the over/unders five and one in the wild card round. We saw like a bunch of young quarterbacks and these new fast-paced modern offenses with a lot of like going for it on fourth down. And both teams have proven they can come from behind. You know, like again, the Jaguars have done it a lot recently. The Chiefs. I'm pretty sure Pat Mahomes has a winning record when he's down double digits, which is just fucking stupid, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I do think the over gets there. And going back to like the Chiefs getting down early, DraftKings gives a line for every quarter, even pregame. Chiefs are minus two and a half in the second quarter. I'm going to put a quarter unit on that because in the playoff, um, in the Mahomes playoff era, the Kansas City Chiefs, and you kind of alluded to this, but specifically the Kansas City Chiefs are minus 2.1 in the first quarter in their nine playoff games in the Mahomes era. They're plus 8.9 in the second quarter. I mean, I can't specifically point to any game besides the Houston Texans a few years ago, but, like, I just see them going down early. And and like you said, like the boulder, they can't stop it. It's just once the first touchdown – goes and it turns into like a geyser of points so i mean the coin flip literally the coin flip you know matters here you know Uh, so maybe jacksonville is like oh we want to take the ball we'll score first if not casey will give him the ball you know also jacksonville's went down early they went down early a big time last last game so you get to fade that recency bias and also like the thought that maybe Lawrence just got the the jitters out, you know, he like got that playoff uh, thing out. So I'm going to take two and a half, um, lay two and a half with the, with the chiefs, excuse me, in the second quarter. And I got a one player prop. Do you have any player props in this?
1: I don't, I was just going to mention something about totals in the second quarter. Um, My guy beating the bookie, he is big on the second quarter total because a lot of times the clock will run out on you in your first half or first quarter. <clears throat> what will happen is you know a team will be close to the end zone. They'll have made their drive, and then they'll just stop because the quarter is about to extend or end. So they go in and then they instantly get that first touchdown. and you got six points within like the first 10 seconds of the second quarter. So That's pretty it's a, uh, it's a spot that works out a lot for uh, for him. So just kind of maybe a consideration if somebody's looking towards a total in the sec- in the, the first or second quarter.
0: Okay. Yeah. It looks like that's baked in the number, but that's some sharp logic. So the first quarter total is nine and a half in Jaguars chiefs. second quarter total is 16 F. Yeah. So they, they pretty much are pricing what you're, what your homie's saying. Yeah. And doesn't that doesn't mean that's it doesn't catch, higher. but I'm just saying, yeah,
1: that's higher than normal. Um, to be honest, but yeah. Um, you were asking about player props. Most of the player props that I do are based on um touchdowns more than anything. I I find it very hard to play a lot of player props on the Chiefs because you never know who's gonna be the next like the guy that day that Mahomes just like finds. And Flavor he spreads it week. out pretty yeah, he, he spreads it out really well, obviously. Um, you know, Travis Kelsey's gonna get his and, and his receiving yards are seventy nine and a half right now. I don't see him getting less than that, but you know, it's, it could be a game too. To where they, yeah. They, they blow him out and Kelsey, like just, they don't throw it to him. So I would probably lean towards like maybe, uh, Isaiah Pacheco's, uh, 54 and a half rushing yards. I like that one a little bit more. Um, cause I do think that they're going to kind of look at like what sucked for the chargers last week. And, say well we need to establish the run a little bit more but then again you got jarek mckinnon in the backfield too so you never know like is mckinnon going to be the guy that they handed off to or something so
0: so i was looking at pacheco that was my first look and i really like the jaguars defense they do the rush defense they do play really good so then i looked at jarek mckinnon and i'm going to go over 33 and a half receiving yards for jarek mckinnon um, it's steaming. I, I I wrote it down at 32 and a half. It's now up to 33 and a half, which sucks that I'm getting late to the party, but that makes me feel better about it because like... It's
1: 34 on, uh, DraftKings.
0: 34 yeah. 34 and a half. Oh, on DraftKings, it's now 34 and a half?
1: Yeah. I'm looking at it right
0: now. I'm looking at 33. All right. Well, whatever. I, I, again, the upward movement, it sucks we're getting to the number late, but... That makes me feel better. He went for six catches, 56 yards, week 10 against Jacksonville. I wouldn't hate an anytime touchdown, but I think it's actually – he's like minus – plus 100 to do it. Or was it minus 110? Uh, Sorry, I
1: was looking at uh, – yeah, it's minus 110 for McKinnon. Minus So minus 105 for Pacheco.
0: I, I would like his over-receiving yards. Um, you know, his receiving prop is four and a half, which is the second – tied with Juju for the second highest – receiving um, a catch total on the Chiefs. Kelsey's the highest at 6.5. McKinnon is getting nine-point yards per rush. So even if he gets to four and just gets hooked in that one, that's 36 yards, so that should push you over. Also, Jacksonville is terrible against tight ends, right? Like really bad. They're, 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 their linebackers are young and talented, but just frankly get lost out there. Yeah. And so they're gonna have their hands full, and I think they're gonna to try to do something about that. They can't just let Kelsey rip them apart. They're gonna they're gonna try to game plan against it. But they also give up the second most reception yards of running backs, and Jarek or Jarek McKinnon, excuse me, is fourth on KC in targets. He's third in receptions and second in reception uh, receiving touchdowns. He has gotten a big role in this offense, especially as the season progresses. He's went over um the thirty three and a half receiving yards in seven of his last ten games. So he's getting a lot of a lot of love and I think I think this matchup sets up nicely for him. So to wrap up my bet slip here in this game, I'm going Chiefs minus eight and a half, one unit, a quarter unit and Jarek McKinnon over thirty three and a half or thirty four and a half yards. I'm going Chiefs minus two and a half in the second quarter, quarter unit and a quarter unit on over fifty three. Wanna move on? Yeah. All right. Second Saturday game, NFC East showdown, the um, New York Giants versus the one seed Philadelphia 76ers, <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles, excuse me. <laughs> uh, the Giants are getting seven and a half. Total is 48. I'm taking the Giants plus seven and a half for one unit, and I am going to sprinkle a quarter unit on the money line plus 290. I heard this... The pregame.com guys, they do a a weekly NFL podcast. I really like that. Steve Fezzik, RJ Bell. Yeah. They were talking about how old school NFL handicappers, football handicappers focus more on third and fourth um, short yardage conversions and like goal line conversions because these high leverage situations make or break playoff games. And there's more of them in playoff games because you know, there's not a lot of separation between these two teams, right? But usually, obviously, the number would suggest otherwise in this one. Well, according to DVOA, Football Outsiders DVOA, the New York Giants are fourth in third and fourth um, short yardage DVOA on offense, and they're fifth defensively. Philly is fifth offensively, but 24th defensively. Now, the weakness of Philly's defense is stopping the run I think the New York Giants are going to be able to replicate what Washington did week 10 when they beat them remember they ran it 50 times they were it was not even like they weren't even hiding it where they're going to run for three yards and go for it on fourth that was pretty much their entire goal and it worked they limited the possessions there were some garbage time points that pushed that game over the total but it 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 Washington was able to eat up the clock and and control control the flow by running the ball and I think the Giants are going to have the same success and a lot of a lot of the whole Giants early winning ways was because of they converted and and stopped teams on these on these high leverage situations and for the most most of the season sharp handicappers would say stuff like well that's fluky they're going to regress they're going to regress Actually, as we look at it through the full season lens, this is kind of just what Brian Dable does. This is what he brought to the team. It isn't that we have an athletic quarterback with a big offensive line and Saquon Barkley and we just can get these first downs kind of like Jalen Hurts with the Eagles. This guy comes up with like end arounds, like crazy trick plays, like it it is all hands on deck. We're going to do it. We're going to throw the fucking everything we got to get these short down situations. And when Wink Martindale, the New York Giants, they play Ben but don't break defense, and they show up on third down and in the red zone. And four games, small sample size, eight games, small sample size. We're at 18 games. Maybe this is kind of what the Giants do, right? And yeah. <coughs> I, I've made this comp. I don't know if I've ever said it to you specifically, I look at this Philadelphia Eagles team, and I've looked at them the whole year as last, last year's Phoenix Suns. I think they're frauds. I do. As a Giants fan, I'm nervous if we win uh, to play the Cowboys and Niners. I think we actually handle the Eagles. I'm not, I know they beat the shit out of us earlier this year. We split two games with them last year. People want to say, well, throughout week 18, the Giants had a practice squad. Jalen Hurts played 100% of the snaps. The offensive line played 100% of the snaps. They cared. And they obviously wanted to go up four scores in the first half and pull the starters right obviously they they couldn't do it they couldn't they couldn't run away from the Giants and I the other thing before I kind of turn it over to you to get your your opinion on this if if the Eagles and Giants swap quarterbacks do you think Jalen hurts has the game Daniel Jones did last week do you think he could actually do that I don't believe he can I'm sorry. I don't think he has the passing ability, the the arm talent to do it. And if his shoulder is banged up and he's less willing to run because he doesn't want to get injured and doesn't want to go off the field because that, you know, he's a starting quarterback. And all of a sudden it's like, all right, Jalen Hurts, you're going to make throws and tight windows and convert on third down and in the red zone. I'll take my chances. I'll take the seven and a half. And I have more on it, but what do you think?
1: So. To me, I think you kind of touched on it right there. Is The the big question has to be, is Jalen Hurts going to get – is he okay? Like, Is he healthy enough to really be leading this team right now? He looked fine against the Giants, but he didn't look as crisp as he had in in the early portion of the season. Um, I already mentioned that I put them in a teaser, but my play on this is actually the under, and part of that is because I I think this is going to be a big momentum game. This is a divisional rivalry, two you know, states that hate each other, two teams that hate each other. And I think this is going to kind of be one of those more old-school football games. The Eagles are going to basically dare Daniel Jones to try and throw on them because that's not really what he's best at. I mean, they're going to try and do everything they can to try and stop Saquon Barkley. So I expect them to say basically like, all right, Jones, we're, we're going to show you, you know, single coverage you know on your receivers can you do it can you stop them and i i or can you get the ball to them and i am not sure that i want to put my money on daniel jones being a successful quarterback in this game which is why i didn't back uh the e or the giants with the seven and a half points i think it's a high number it's probably too high i think you're on the right side i i don't necessarily agree with the money line i do think the eagles win this game. But, um, <clears throat> you know, if, if you're basically telling me, like, if if both teams are going to focus on stopping kind of the run and containing Hertz, for example, for the Giants and those short yardage situations, I do think Hertz is a better quarterback. I think Hertz has the better offensive weapons, too, in that he can get the ball to Devonta Smith or he can get the ball to um, A.J. Brown. I mean, th- those two are better wide receivers than anybody that's on New York. So if we're talking about, you know, those kind of little intangibles or the, the skill players and things like that, I, I support the Eagles here, and that's why I like them in the teaser. Um, so to me, that, that's the way I played this one. The under I also played, again, like I said, because I do think this is going to be uh, a slower-paced game. I think it's going to be a lot of uh, kind of coming up to the line, seeing what you have, seeing, you know, audibles, changing plays because of whatever defense is being thrown at each other a lot of runs which run off a lot of clock um not a million incomplete passes that are stopping the clock so that's kind of where i'm at with this one i think 48 is probably maybe six points too high in this so i'm pretty confident in this this game that this should go under i liked it last week too though the under in the the vikings and and giants and the giants put up a ton of points which is i think is more points than they've scored all season um is what they <laughs> put up against the vikings yeah but i actually i put this in my um my article here and i see if i can try and find it really quick but um yeah so daniel jones also has averaged 190 passing yards against the nfc east the only games he's thrown for over 300 yards this year we're against the Vikings, which he's done twice, and the Lions. So, like, there's a lot of things in here that just make me think, like, you know, he's not the guy to back. and He's not the guy to kind of support in this. So, um, wow. again, seven and a half, I think, is is a good a good number to take with the points because of it, uh, because I think it's too high, but it, it's not one that I'm gonna support. So I'm, I just put them in the teaser and I took the under.
0: Interesting. So, I kind of agree with you and disagree with you at the same point. First of all, okay. Daniel Jones' is money as a road dog, road dog in division and road dog against the Eagles. Like, he's got a 70-plus percent ATS oh. win rate in those spots. Um, and and it kind of what I meant about, like, that, that, like obviously, Devonta Smith and, and, and A.J. Brown and, and the Philadelphia— Dallas Goddard, awesome. The Philadelphia offensive line, all those like their their roster around Jalen Hurts is fucking phenomenal. It's great. Yeah. That's kind of what I meant. It's like I think based on the coaching we've seen with Brian Dable and the intangibles or the ability that Daniel Jones has, he can like they they switch teams. Philadelphia is still fourteen and three and number one in the NFC. That's kind of more what I meant. Where it's like I don't think Jalen Hurts does that well with our roster. that as it may what I do agree with you is I don't think this is a Daniel Jones game and my player prop is I'm going over Saquon Barkley 15 and a half rushing attempts I think Mm. Brian Dable specifically looked at Minnesota and was like fuck them they can't stop Daniel Jones they're weak ass soft coverage soft zone he's going to give him easy throws they can't really tackle that well in space or they're you know like it's easy to run against them like If Daniel Jones drops back 40 times or runs it and throws it 40 times, we're going to win the game. I think was Brian Dable's logic. Barkley is well-rested. He's had uh, the most carries had in the last five games is 18, right? So he's not getting a lot of touches. I think they're saving him for this game specifically because of the Washington blueprint where it's just like, yo, just run it at these guys. Eat the, we don't, the Giants don't want to get into a shootout with the Eagles. Like we're right. They lose that game 99 times out of a hundred, right? They want to limit the possessions. Like the, the, the game script is obvious. Barkley's well rested. Um, he's had eight, at least 18 carries though. in nine of his 16 games played this season. Giants record seven, one and one. So when they, when it's, Corny, all the nerd tate at Warren Sharp fucking hates this. But you establish the run. The Giants, they establish the run. They win these games, right? They get, and everyone talks about how limited the, the New York Giants roster is and how bad it is. I, I, I agree from a wide receiver st- standpoint, but Saquon Barkley is a top five running back in the league, right? Oh, easily, yeah. I mean, especially like he can – he can catch ten balls for a hundred yards in a in a in a game, right? So, I, I again, I like him to go over fifteen and a half rushing yards. I'm going to put a quarter unit on that. But you look at the three teams that beat Philly; their running back one had at least sixteen carries. Brian Robinson for Washington, Ezekiel Elliott for Dallas, and Alvin Kamara. So, I think the blueprint is there. I think they rested Saquon Barkley for this game, and I think the Giants are going to run Saquon Barkley in the hopes of just eating the clock and and, and controlling the tempo. So I got one unit on the Giants plus seven and a half. Sprinkle 0.2 units on plus 290 New York Giants uh, money line. And then I'm going to do a quarter unit on over Saquon Barkley, 15 and a half rushes. Before we get in the next game, though, this might be too fanboy shit. I want Kenny Galladay anytime touchdown plus 900. Cause I do think the deep the the Giants you have to throw the deep ball because I think it's gonna get to the point where they're gonna put everyone in the box and it's like you know what we gotta keep them honest like you got you got to throw one deep and I don't know why this is kind of the fanboy shit I just I just think Kenny Galladay high points one in these playoffs if if the Giants advance to the next game Kenny Galladay I think will will make at least one big catch because. He kind of has to, right? He fucking has well, to. Like, the the the, the Giants need him. him. Right. And it's like, as a Giants fan, I don't know. I, maybe I'm just more down to earth or more chill because I moved out here in California and, like, the, the the weather and whatever, the vibe has just, like, chilled me out. But it's like, I don't care about the contract. I don't care how underwhelming he's been. You score one or two touchdowns in a playoff run, fuck it, dude. You, you are – that's all that matters to me. Like and he could hey, still make up for the contract, you know. Like, I can
1: I, I can relate to that one as a <laughs> Cubs fan uh, with Jason Hayward. Everybody was still like, "Well, we paid him like 126 million dollars or whatever it was," but he he did give that speech in the uh, locker room that helped us win the World Series. The rest of the time, he batted like 200, so that's fine.
0: Yeah, but like for Cubs fans, for the Cub organization. It was that's a it. good contract, right?
1: Yeah. yeah. We <laughs> won know? the World Series with him.
0: So I'm a, that, that's my, 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 uh, it's a lean on Kenny Galladay plus 900 anytime touchdown, but that's my, my Eagles, Giants bet slip. Again, what, what official bets do you have in here?
1: So I had the, I had the under, and then I have the Eagles and a teaser. The only other thing I just mentioned is, uh, I always play Jalen Hurts to be the first touchdown scorer. It's at plus 600 this week. And, um, uh, in this one, I also think this is a good opportunity to do one of those double plays where you put maybe a half unit. You could do a full unit if you want, but um, on away field goal and home field goal as the first scoring type, because I think this is going to be one of those games where they're going to get decent field position, but probably not be able to you know ram it in there mm. because both defenses are good enough. So away field goal as first score is plus 390. Home field goal is plus 350. So I usually play both of those.
0: Yeah, going along with that, like I said, I, I think the Giants, frankly, let them have everything inside the 20s and then just let's stop them in red yeah. zone. Like, that's all we right. have to do, right? We'll trade field goals for whatever, hopefully get touchdown. So, yeah. Bengals-Bills, first game on Sunday, kicks off. Uh Twelve o'clock my time. Uh two o'clock your time, three o'clock Eastern Standard Time. The Bell the Bills, excuse me, are favored. Minus five, minus one fifteen. Over under is forty eight and a half. Um I had the Bills to win the Super Bowl preseason and I'm just kind of defaulting to my priors. in this game specifically. I'm gonna lay the points at the Bills minus five. I'm passing on the total with a lean to the under. I have one player prop here that I like at any time touchdown. We'll talk about it towards the tail end of our quick breakdown of this game but I'm I'm just going to lay the points uh with the Bills. They sucked last week, right? Like, I mean, well they only won 34-31 in a game that they were favored double digits in, right? But if you're being fair, that final score is very 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 misleading whereas Cincinnati's was probably misleading misleading the other way, right? It's like all right, yeah, Dolphins scored 31. Buffalo outgained them 5.9 to 3.3 yards per play. That's ridiculous, David. That's fucking ridiculous. They had nine more first downs. Four of Miami's scoring drives went 38 yards or less. Like, it's pretty obvious what happened. Like, Josh Allen and the Bills shit their pants a few times, and they capitalized on it. Kudos to them. Cincinnati lost to Baltimore in yards per play, 5.5 to 3.3. Loss in first downs, 23 to 18. They won the turnover battle, 2 to 1 and and of course the game was decided by that fumble return touchdown from Cincinnati's end zone back to Baltimore's end zone right? So it's like if you wanted to fade what you recently saw, I think it makes more sense to fade Cincinnati even though I guess they lost against the closing number but the opening number was 6.5 so you could have Made money regardless about you bet that game depending on when you when you went in on the uh, on the Bengals or or the Ravens I guess Cincinnati's also a public dog most of the money is on Buffalo um, or most of the money and tickets are on Cincinnati but the lines moving towards Buffalo I mean I have more on it but Buffalo is just way better by the numbers they have a plus one point one net yards per play in the season Cincinnati's even. Right, like Buffalo is better in net third down and red zone conversion rates. They rank higher in special special teams, offensive and defensive DVOA. I know Joe Burrow and Cincinnati cover like crazy. I think the cluster injuries, the offensive line, are going to make the big difference. And the last thing here before I turn it over to you, man. Sorry, I'm kind of you're good taking all the the air out of the room here um, with my analysis, but. I, I think it's I think the narrative of Cincy was clearly going to beat Buffalo in week 17 is such horse shit. And it's oh, such yeah. st- stupid, simple analysis. How many crazy, epic comebacks have we seen this year? How many? Right? We saw one last week at the wild card game. You got the Vikings Colts. There's, there's been a bunch of them, right? And, and, and you know this from betting props, right? How you see these team to score three straight times, right? You've seen these props. How often is the yes more expensive, right? Yeah. Like these games, they go, they get crazy. They uh, almost all of them get crazy. It's like Cincinnati was up seven, three after two drives. Oh yeah. Cincinnati was going to win. What (laughs) do you guys even fucking watch football? Like, come on. Like just because you saw 10 minutes of a game, not maybe not even five minutes. Like, I don't know. So I think a lot of that is kind of in people's head when they bet Cincinnati. It's like, well, they were up 7-3. They were clearly going to win that game. Bullshit. They were not going to clearly win that game, in my opinion. Buffalo's just much better by the numbers. Joe Burrow's got the mystique. I love him. They keep covering. I get it. I'll lay the five here, even though it's cost me. What what do you think, though?
1: So we're actually on the other sides of this one. I, I, I said to take the points with the Bengals. And the reason is... And I'll keep it as simple as possible because I I know we kind of are moving along on this one. Um, They are very evenly matched teams. I mean, Burrow and, and Allen have almost identical stats. The running backs, Mixon and Singletary, have almost identical stats. Chase and Diggs, Chase missed time. He has about 400 less yards on the season, but he has more touchdowns than Diggs. I think is it more touchdowns or two two less touchdowns, sorry, than Diggs.
0: Yeah, the efficiency's um, a wash. I'm with you.
1: Yeah. Uh you look at the the Bills actually have on average give up more points per game than they score. They they've allowed thirty one points per game and they have only scored twenty eight point four per game on average. And
0: what? why no, that can't be right. The Bills this season looking, they've they've looking at it. <laughs>
1: Looking at it right now, unless it's a, a mistake somewhere.
0: It has to be a mistake. So I'm looking at pro football reference. I'm, the Bills are scoring 28.4 points per game, and they're allowing 17.9. That's what I see.
1: Well, d- disregard the point differential thing, because I think that's just an error on the site that I'm looking at, because now that I'm looking at the Bengals listing, it's uh, they have 17 points allowed per game, and um, – that looks like to be the, the, how many they allowed last week. So I, I think whatever I'm looking at is just incorrect. And, um, you know, like I said, it sounded weird when I saw it too, but in any case, uh, Buffalo has a really good rush defense. Um, I think they, they probably have the better defense overall, but they haven't looked great lately. I mean, they're, they're allowing points they're allowing teams to score on them. And Josh Allen is more mistake prone in my opinion than Joe Burrow is. So all it's going to take here is one mistake from Allen for the Bengals to to cover this game, I mean, I, I think it's legitimate that you could take the Bengals to win it. I don't think that you should use that first game in it, um, in, in in any way of consideration other than you know when they first come out, they're probably gonna you know have the Demar Hamlin stuff going on, and if there's an offshore book that has mentions of Demar Hamlin, take the over no matter what it is. It could be five hundred. They're going to mention this guy every <laughs> second that they can and every opportunity that they can.
0: Well, um, he might be in the broadcast booth. Yeah,
1: exactly. At this point, so I mean, to me, I think it's it's one of those games where, uh, going back to the actual game, sorry, um, I I just expect it to be a really tightly contested game. I think they're really similar teams. I think they're built similarly. The Bills have the home field advantage. They have the you know, probably arguably a better defense, but I do think that, uh, you know, both are in pretty decent form. I just prefer the Bengals right now with points in a game that I think is going to be close. I think this should be more like a field goal game than it will be um, five and a half or, you know, five points. I'm, I'm seeing five and a half where I'm at, but uh, I, I think it's, it's worth taking the points in a game that should be close.
0: Fair enough. Yeah. Um... I have a little more on it, but whatever. We I think we covered our uh, the the major points. At least I felt like I did. Um, yeah. uh, a uh, a player prop on a run past you. Um, I'm going to take Gabriel Davis anytime touchdown. I'll put like a fifth of a unit on it. It's plus 150 on DraftKings. He's caught TD passes in three straight playoff games. Cincinnati's starting quarterbacks are really poorly graded by PFF. Eli Apple is 109th out of 120. Charted quarterbacks. Cor- cornerbacks the I think is a rookie Cameron Taylor Britt is 93rd they're missing I'm gonna butcher the name Awuzie I think is how you pronounce it he's been out for a while but he was by far their best cover corner the second best is Mike Hilton in the slot who doesn't really move much right so I think if 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 they move Mike Dave or Mike Hilton it's probably going to be to defend Stefan Diggs and they kind of be like you know, like the trade off, what are we gonna do? We can't you know, we can't double Gabriel Davis. And they don't really need to. Gabriel Davis isn't that good. He's pretty good. I mean, he does he is the second most targeted receiver in Buffalo, uh, behind Diggs. So I like the I like the number. I like Gabriel Davis's matchup, and I like the usage and, and how he's performed in the playoffs. So I see value in plus one fifty, uh, and I'll take it. Just a just a sprinkle though. Do you have any player props in this one?
1: The only one that I'd I'd maybe throw out there is Tyler Boyd plus nineteen hundred as first touchdown score. Um and it's just more of a feeling than anything. I think, you know, they'll they'll get close. you are probably not gonna run on Buffalo when you're down there. Um so my my thought here is just, you know, everybody's gonna be looking towards Jamar Chase, so thinking they can probably sneak Boyd in there somewhere, he can get free.
0: <sighs> okay. All right, man. Well, hey. Um mm-hmm. Best of luck to you.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, it's not something I have a ton of confidence in, but as going through some of these, those no. are the ones.
0: I mean, who knows? About. I'm just saying it because, like, you know, best of luck to you, but I want to win more than I want you to win. Oh, no, <laughs> sure. And I know you feel the same. All good. Hey, uh,
1: I'd be happy if Tyler Boyd gets the uh, first touchdown and then Balt- or uh, Buffalo covers. So Don't Close worry. 1900, I'll trade
0: for the other way. I won't pull a Dan Z on you and talk shit mid game. This fool (laughs) texts me lightning bolt when the fuck, when the chargers are up 27, nothing. I, 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 to me, I think that's a gambler sin. Like, you know, text people during the game, during their gambles. I hate being trolled about gambling. I mean, I have, I, I, it comes with the territory on Twitter and and, you know, when the job that I have, but frankly, it pisses me off. (laughs) Um, you know, I got to be a little thicker skin with it. And I think I do a pretty good job, but um, don't worry, I'm not going to troll you. I and I was on the Bengals for most of the week, um, but it was yesterday. I was like, "Nah, Bills got this." Bengals offensive line too banged up, but we'll see, man. I love Joe Burrow, and if you just bet them blindly over the past two years, you've been a very rich person. So,
1: I I was big on them last year, uh, and I I had them going. To the AFC Championship. I think I think outkick readers must have made like 10 units off of my Bengals' bets alone.
0: Hell yeah, dude. I like hearing that. Um, all right, final game in the Sunday window. The Dallas Cowboys visit the San Francisco 49ers. Um, the 49ers have went from five-point favorites on the opener to, down to three and a half currently. The over-under is 46. This one's really, it's really tough for me, dude. I've, I started out really good with the Cowboys and I lost some units at the end of the year. Niners has been a team that I've pretty much whiffed on most of the year. Um, As it stands now and how I feel like I'm going to write it up for OutKick, I'm going to take the points of the Cowboys. I don't love it. I just I feel a little bit better about it knowing that the uh I feel a little bit better about it just because of the fact that like who who is San Francisco beating? I do think Brock Purdy turns into a pumpkin, right? This is a huge step up in competition. San Francisco's had the second easiest schedule in the NFL according to football outsiders. Dallas' schedule has been pretty easy, but you look at Brock Purdy's He's on a six-game winning streak as a starter, but he's effectively one seven straight as a starter. Right, He came in in the Miami game super early. Um, mm-hmm. But you look at the opponents that he's played in their DVOA. Um, Miami eighth in DVOA, so you could say it's a solid win, but they're missing both their offensive tackles. They beat the Seahawks twice, who were 10th in DVOA. Nice, but, I mean... The Niners own the Seahawks, and that was just a terrible matchup on paper. They beat Tampa Bay 17th in DVOA. They beat the Commanders, who had Heineke and Wentz splitting duties. They're 22nd in DVOA. They eked past the Raiders, who had Jarrett Stidham. (laughs) They're 26th in DVOA. And then they beat the Cardinals with David Blau and Trace McSorley in the game. They're 29th in DVOA. Over those seven games, San Francisco is plus plus. 14 and turnover differential in just those seven games alone. That's crazy. That's, that's extremely fluky. It's unsustainable. Granted, Dak has had turnover issues. That is a concern that is absolutely concerned that I'm not even overlooking. Um, but you know, if you're assessing these situations or these games, objectively, you know, there's pros and cons for every every spot. So, yes, oh, I'm, I'm nervous as hell that Dak is going to throw this game away, especially considering of how bad he's been in the playoffs, all that. But on paper, and these teams are pretty even. I mean, Dallas is fifth in offensive points per play, fourth in defensive points per play, uh, San Francisco's second in offensive points per play first defensively. So, I mean, they're they're better, but like not that much, right? I mean, Dallas plus 7.4 net points per uh, per game. San Francisco plus 10.2. Dallas is actually first in full year DVOA. San Francisco's third. There's not a lot of separation. It's obviously baked into the number with that, but I'm going to take the three and a half with the Cowboys. It's more of a gun to my head play and, and more of a lean. So, let's say... For sake of conversation, I put a, a one unit on it, um, but this is the the least confident I am of the divisional round. I'll say that. How are you sizing uh, up this matchup?
1: I'm actually on the 49ers on this one too, but I I fair mentioned enough. to um, buy it down to three at this point because I'd rather not get hooked on this. Um, yeah. So does that mean you lean
0: to the under too?
1: Uh, I think it's kind of a fair number at 46 um agreed i i don't i don't really have a, a feeling one way or the other but you're mentioning like who san francisco's played recently oh here's who's dallas dallas has played they played <laughs> the bucks who are a complete shell of whatever anyone thought they were going to be this year they played washington and lost and washington had basically no one in week 18 they played tennessee which has fallen apart they won that game that was a game with uh
0: Dobbs. I think Malik Willis. No, the, the, Dobbs. the Dobbinator, right? Off the practice squad.
1: Yeah, I don't remember who, who was even starting for him. But either way, it wasn't Tannehill. No. Nope. You know that. And I don't think uh, Derrick Henry even played in that game either because they were saving him for the Week 18 game against Jacksonville. Correct. They played Philadelphia, which had Minshew, and they almost lost.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They, play, they lost to Jacksonville in overtime. They beat Houston by four at home. And they destroyed an Indianapolis team who is, I mean, they they were just a complete disappointment this year. Yeah, so they were point shaving
0: and they were down. Yeah. They were up 21 19 at halftime. And then I think they scored like three defensive touchdowns in the second half. Yeah. Fluky win. Well, yeah. yeah.
1: So, I mean, so you're talking about their last seven games haven't really been against anybody either. Yeah. Um, Prescott looked great. I I mean, in the, in that game against Tampa, he looked amazing. One of the stats they were talking about on there is that he's run for a touchdown in something like four straight playoff games or something like that. So that could be worth a look for anytime touchdown. That's at plus 500 Is it likely to happen. I kind of doubt it, but you know, something that you could at least consider Um, on the other side though. I, I just think, I think the 49ers being at home, I think they have a better defense I think they have a more versatile offense uh, right now. I think they're willing to do pretty much anything. They, they can find ways to beat you through running, through passing. Um, excuse me. My expectation is kind of going to be that they're going to do a lot of dump off passes. They're going to do a lot of short yardage stuff with like George Kittle. I think he's going to have a big game. Um, and I, I just think, you know, them being at home, the travel that Dallas has to do, all that stuff kind of play into it and eventually I think it catches up and I, I'm taking I'm taking the 49ers here who have been sitting at home just waiting, they have extra rest and everything. I, I just don't know that uh, I've never really thought the Cowboys were that good of a team and I am not willing to start backing them now.
0: Everything you said is fair, dude. I, again, this is the lowest confidence that I have in any of the matchups. Um, it's going to be more of one of those things where it's like, I, I just love gambling and I'm going to fire on this game. <laughs> um, but, I mean, if I lose, it's like, eh, no shit. Yeah. Like, I, either way, if I lose, I'm going to feel bad because, like, I have just have not had very much success betting either one of these teams, so... Sure. Um No, the 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 counterpoint about who's and that's why I said like yeah, San Francisco's played the second easy schedule. I think Dallas played like the fourth or fifth easy schedule. So not they neither one of them their their resume isn't that impressive. That's a fair that's a fair takeaway. Um, the, the one thing, the one narrative that I want to push back on that not not that you have, but that that a lot of football podcasters have was talking about how worthless that victory was against Tampa Bay like how it doesn't mean much and i think that's overblown just because like they they stomped Tampa Bay i mean what do you want it to look oh, like yeah. Yeah. you know what i mean like they beat the shit out of them tampa bay was never was never winning that game they were uh, literally they never had the lead and it's just like like how it, like you got to give credit when it's due like they they did exactly what they were supposed to like they beat yeah. this like tampa bay sucked and they made him look like shit. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know what else you want. So, that was looked thing. like
1: a Super Bowl contending team in that game. Yeah. And that, that is what
0: you want. So, San Francisco's down at halftime to Seattle, who yeah. lost to Tampa Bay. Seattle's not that good either. I don't know. We'll see. Not again, uh, uh, kind of like a lukewarm, like at a s- zero to 10 scale. My confidence meter is like a five, if I'm being honest, and I usually have really high confidence. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the player prop that I like in this game, um, if 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 Dak scores a touchdown, that would hurt this player prop because I'm going anytime touchdown for Ezekiel Elliott. Put a quarter unit on it plus one fifty. Tony Pollard's a better running back, but Zeke still gets the goal line carries, and frankly, he's he is a better goal line back. He's one of the. I'm a little biased because I've watched this guy play against my team for his whole career. But Ezekiel, Elliott's one of the better goal line running backs I've ever seen. Like he's, he's nasty.
1: Man, he was an awesome running back for years.
0: Yeah. Still, still good. I mean, like fine, he's, yeah. he's not as good as he once was because he was so excellent when he, when he, when he first hit the scene, but like, he's definitely a guy you want on your team. Right. Like definitely. Yeah. Um, he's got, he's had people don't realize this. He has 12 touchdowns this year, 15 games. Like, Mm-hmm. You know, from he tailed off the last two games of the season, but he scored a touchdown in nine straight games from week six to seventeen. He, he missed a couple in there with, with injuries. And simply put, I I I just like the number of plus one fifty. I think, you know, when you get like maybe they throw a couple deep balls, Ceedee Lamb, and he gets tackled in the end zone, you get a, a cheapy and something like that, or any like really any any inside the five yard line running situation that's mostly Zeke Elliott so I'll, I'll take it here
1: yeah for me if I'm doing it anytime it'd be George Kittle I just I think he's gonna have a, a good game but um yeah, I think that's that. the, gonna be the guy that uh Purdy has to go after in order to kind of keep the chains moving and everything and uh I'm I'm playing him anytime and also first touchdown at plus 900
0: okay all right man anything else you have in this game or in the, in the weekend in general
1: no, not for uh, NFL or anything.
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll try to connect next week for some NBA hoops at lunch. Uh, an NBA hoops at lunch show. I'm doing that Monday through Friday. I usually take Thursday off to to break down the football slate, but obviously less football next week. No football soon. So Monday through Friday, NBA hoops at lunch show podcast. You're invited. I'll have you on next week, but. I think we did good work here. I got I got to shake, got to get this onto the internet and get on with the rest of my day. But where can people follow your stuff? Uh, NBA, college basketball, NFL handicaps, whatever. You, you're kind of an all sports guy.
1: Yeah. So uh, main sport for me is on a NBA. Um, that's at beatenthebookie.com. B e a t i n thebookie.com. You can get packages there. It's the only one that I sell. Everything else is free um, on OutKick. So I do college basketball sporadically, NFL, I do it all. Baseball's coming up. I'm excited about that. And uh, if you've been following anything that I've been doing lately, I have started handicapping the NHL and just kind of seeing out there. And I, I put in almost every article, like, you know, take these with a grain of salt because I don't know that much about hockey. I'm just trying to start it out. And you can either watch me fail or succeed. And so far I am 5-1-1. And have a play up today so um
0: i want to pick fun. your brain on that yeah. a little bit honestly so yeah we'll do that Happy
1: to anytime
0: offline um yeah i've made like three nhl bets in my life one of them was the uh the capitals series against the vegas Golden knights a couple of years ago because i just thought there was some bias in the market because vegas was a new team and that's the hub of gambling so yeah I took yeah, like, no, Washington to. minus one thirty there. So, but other than that, I don't have much on 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 hockey. So I'm excited to pick your brain. Hopefully, you got you're looking at Corsi percentages and stuff like that.
1: <laughs> I'll be honest; I do it a lot, like I do baseball. I look at the goalies, and I look and in baseball, I look at the starting pitchers, and that's where I start from, and then I go from there. It's nice, um, top down. I to yeah, I mean, it's. I won't say that it's like the most sophisticated analysis or something in the world, but works for me and it's been
0: profitable so. it's making you money right now I don't hate that yeah. alright follow David at, uh, at Future Prez on uh, Future Press 2024 on Twitter you can check his, his stuff out on outkick.com backslash betting and at beatingthebookie.com I'll talk to you guys probably tomorrow with an NBA show I'll do, talk to you guys tomorrow with an NBA show peace <laughs>